Yeah, I think for this chance is to get together and just to dig into your word and just to explore um, the book of James and, and what it's teaching us tonight, God, what it means to be radical and to live a life like Jesus and be different and not look like the rest of the world, God. We pray for tonight, pray for uh, this, this large group time, and then pray for our small group time as well, God. We just um, see the importance of, of living a radical lifestyle that's completely different um, and looking more like you each and every day. Shame I pray. Amen. All right, so welcome back to Rad. This is our series that I'm super pumped about because it's a 90s-themed series. It's, a, it's an era where everything was pretty rad, especially the fashion. Last week we talked about the music and how great the music was. Tonight we're going to see a little about the fashion of the 90s. And I want you guys to tell me if, you, if we think we should bring this back or don't, or just leave it back in the 90s. So the first one, we have bright neon colors on the left. From Clarissa explains it all. You guys don't even know. On the right were butterfly clips. They were little hair clips that looked like butterflies. They were hard. They were plastic. And if you like laid down, you would pierce your skull with them. So who thinks we should bring back the neon print? No. What about? I mean, there's some of it's a little bit bad. What about the butterfly clips? Yeah, those things hurt. All right. <clears throat> Dresses or skirts over jeans. That is, in fact, Ashley Tisdale. Bring back Ashley Tisdale, but not the clothes, not the fashion. Ladies, what do you think? I see McKenna's face. McKenna is not a fan. McKenna is not a fan of this look. No? I think you should do this one Sunday when you're leading worship. Just do that. I know. I am. All right. Denim everything. That is, in fact, Justin Timberlake and Brady Spears. With the Canadian tuxedo. So y'all think denim? Bring back denim everything. Denim everything. Look at that hat. Look at that hat. <clears throat> All right. Visors. Not just like that, but like upside down and backwards. Visors, you should bring back. Who thinks we should bring back visors? What about upside down? Like they would be sticking up like this. Or like this. It's all right. What about Junko jeans? You don't even know about Junko jeans. All right. <clears throat> All right. So these pockets. So the back pockets would go down to like here. Like, I don't know how you can get your phone out. I guess you didn't have phones back then. So you, I mean, you have to reach down and grab your phone out of your pocket. It's like two dresses. Junko jeans. And then, then they always, if it rained, they would soak up halfway up your calf. Did you wear them? No. I was not part of this scene. I was I'm not wearing Junko. This would be more like the skaters back in the middle left. I look like the middle left. That's me. The hair, the green and black, the little spiky hair. Alright. Kango hats. Little bucket hats, but especially Kango. They even have fuzzy ones. That is in fact LL Cool J. So bucket hats are kind of back already, but maybe not so much the Kango. That one is a terry cloth. It feels like a towel. Okay? I used to sell those at my store. They were stupid. Yeah! Jellies! Jelly sandals! Really? Jelly sandals. Mason, Mason wishes he had a pair tonight. Jelly sandals. Alright! <clears throat> you have windsuits! So you have, you've seen like those, like that, my Bucky jacket I wore last week. 
It was like that, but it had a liner, so it was a little warmer, but in their matching pants. And they were always bright neon colors. Track, we had them in track. There's a lot of turtlenecks in that one, too. All right, I think I have two more. I have hammer pants. MC Hammer. It's hammer time, some hammer pants. I think, I believe you're... Your mom owns some of those. Yeah, she bought some in, in Egypt. She has pants like that she bought in Egypt. Ask her about her MC Hammer pants. She bought them in Egypt on a mission trip. I've heard stories. And then, like, animal print, everything. And if you can notice, the pencil-thin eyebrows. All right. Okay, okay, let's come back. Okay. These days you might find a lot of the 90s fashion pretty cringeworthy. Uh, but at the time, these trends were sported by some real fashion icons. Like these two girls named Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. You guys know who Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen is? Yes, yes. The twins from Full House. The other who their, her, their sister is? The, uh, Wanda. Wanda from, or Scarlet Witch from, yeah, that's their sister. So, that, I mean, you can see some of the. They were fashion icons, like the girls wanted to dress like them. They were in all the magazines. They had all kinds. These were popular. All the little girls had these overall. Overalls were big, and then like with the flowers and things. The little spaghetti strap, those were popular. And then the little small sunglasses with the tints, the different tinted color glasses, those were popular. But in the 90s, Mary-Kate and Ashley, they were fashion favorites. Lots of girls wanted to look like them. Lots of girls wanted to, to be like them. And why was that? And that's all because of this right here. I mean, that's, that show was why they were famous. They, they grew up on that show. Started like in 93. And so they, they kind of rose to popularity and, and became these fashion icons. But of course, Mary-Kate and Ashley played Michelle, the youngest and most adorable member of this Tanner family. How many of you guys have seen, seen Full House? Okay, all right. So Michelle, of course, was an audience favorite. Every time she appeared on screen or delivered... One of the famous catchphrases, the crowd would cheer or laugh or just, you know, aww, or whatever. That's what they did. But Michelle was such a favorite that I wonder what it may have been like for everybody else on the show to act alongside this child, which is probably not always easiest because they're kids. And for her to be so popular among everybody else, you know, because she may have been like the favorite. Because it, it feels good. It feels good when you're a favorite, right? But pretty awful when, when somebody else is being shown that favoritism. So that you, have you ever felt like maybe you were the favorite? Anybody feel like they're the favorite? Like I'm my mom's favorite child? Maybe not. I don't know. Or have, you ever, have you ever worried that someone else was the favorite? Like maybe your sibling was the favorite sometimes? Or whatever. Anybody ever felt like that way? Maybe a classmate was their teacher's favorite or something? Have you ever received special treatment for being somebody's favorite? Yes. Yeah? 
Anybody? Anybody else besides Cutter? Anybody feel or receive special treatment for being a favorite? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever shown anybody else favoritism? Because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's, let me ask you this. Is it good? I mean, is it, is it a bad thing to have favorite people? No. Is it a bad thing to have favorite people? Cutter says no. No. To have favorite people. Is playing favorites the same as, as having favorite people? No. Is playing favorites the same as having favorites? Okay. Because it's, it's, it's okay to have favorite people, right? We all have favorite people. That, that's how the, our friendships, we have those favorite people in our friendships, right? Because we can't be best friends with everybody. We all need a few close friendships, right? But favoritism, that does, it excludes people. Favoritism is unfair. And it just, favoritism just hurts. And so the question is, so what is, what is favoritism? It's when you give somebody else special treatment unfairly, at the expense of somebody else. There's an episode of Full House. I tried to find the clip. Um, the link that I had has no longer any good. I have to pay for the the episode, and I don't like you guys that much to buy the episode of this of Full House. Well, to to get the episode and get it queued up and to have it shown, it's a lot more hassle than I really care to do. Uh, a little bit, but I mean because we're not showing it. And broadcasting over the world, we're fine. But, but anyway, there's an episode where DJ, the oldest daughter, right, she becomes the editor of the school newspaper, and she needs to find a classmate in, in her class to, to write for the sports column. But instead of finding somebody who actually knows anything about sports, she invites her and gets her best friend, Kimmy. Kimmy doesn't know, she doesn't know anything about sports. It's like getting Maddox to write the sports column. It wouldn't be very well. That's true. I'm sorry, Maddox. It'd be like Zach. Is that better, yeah. Zach? It'd be like Zach writing for the sports. It'd be, it'd be all about like Pokemon or something, and it just wouldn't work. But anyways, and so her best friend Kimmy got the job, and she knows nothing about sports. And eventually, DJ admits to showing favoritism to Kimmy, saying, "I only, you only got the job because you're my friend," which you know hurt her relationship with Kimmy. Kimmy's like, "No, I wanted the job because I earned it, not because." I'm your favorite or whatever. And so you know, their, their relationship took a hit. But of course, it's full house. They have to get back together and be best friends by the end of the episode. So they were all good at the end. But playing favorites, it didn't work out for everyone in, in this situation with, with DJ. And DJ was frustrated. Kimmy was offended. Their classmates who would have loved <clears throat> the chance to write an awesome sports column were never given that chance that they deserved, right? And so it, it wasn't fair to everybody else. So today we're talking, we're talking about the difference between having favorites and playing favorites. Because as we'll see, God has something to say about this. And it's, it's pretty radical compared to what the world teaches. If you have your Bible, turn to James chapter 2. Like we mentioned last week, a lot of people who, who thought Jesus was too radical. And in the 90s, the word rad or radical, it meant cool. Of course, it's, its real meaning has to do with being different, revolutionary, or countercultural. And what Jesus said about loving God and others was pretty radical. And what he teaches us about showing favoritism is pretty radical as well. So in this series, we're looking to the Bible for practical advice. And one of the most practical books of the Bible is, of course, the book of James. It just gives you like, hey, you should do this. And it's very practical. This is how you do these things. It's written by a guy named James, of course. James was Jesus' half-brother. 
So let me ask you this. Can you imagine growing up with Jesus as a brother? How hard that may have been, how challenging to know that well, the Messiah of the world is my big brother. And I, can never live up, I can never live up to what he's doing. I, I'm always going to be in his shadow because he is, in fact, God, right? It's just it's not very fair. And I wonder if sometimes maybe James is like talking to his parents and be like, you know what, I know who your favorite child is. You know, I could see that, you know, Jesus being the favorite because he's, he's Jesus. Because James knew Jesus so well, the letter he wrote is packed with summaries of Jesus' teachings retold in James' own words. So this book is just known for its straightforward instructions for how to follow Jesus. They may seem simple, but they have the power to create radical change in our lives. So we're going to see what he has to say in James 2, starting in verse 1. It says, My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, You sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, You stand over there, or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom? which he has promised to those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing well. But if you show partiality, you're committing sin and are convicted by the law <coughs> as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. So let me ask you this. So is James saying we can't have best friends or a favorite group of people to hang out with? No. Right? Remember, there's a difference between having favorites and playing favorites. In this passage, James has a lot to say about rich people and poor people. Maybe people's wealth is something you think about often. Maybe not. So if you're struggling to relate... To James, use of the words rich and poor, maybe saying popular and unpopular people, or cool and not cool, or people like me and people who are different, Christians and non-Christians, my friends and everybody else. You know, if that, that helps you make this distinction, then use that instead of rich and poor. James, is, he's, not, he's not down, he doesn't like favoritism. In fact, he says he forbids it, basically. According to James, God is unhappy when we choose favorites based on what people have, whether it be money or power popularity. God doesn't like it when we choose favorites based on those things. God isn't happy when we ignore people without those things like money or popularity or power. And God isn't happy when we mistreat or we dishonor or shame or we exclude or we fail to love some people because we see them as less important than other people. Then James says something interesting. In verse 5 he says, God chooses to bless the poor. <coughs> Which, does, that, does that mean God plays favorites? It says God chooses to bless the poor in verse 5. So is, so is God choosing favorites? Does God show favoritism, but in the opposite way that maybe you and I do? And it helps us make sense of this a little bit more. We're going to go back to the Old Testament book of Proverbs. If you have a Bible, turn to Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. Everybody turn there. 
Now I can see your phones. You guys better get back to the Bible app. I'm coming back, so make sure you keep your phones on the Bible app. I can still see your phones. You're on the Bible app, bunch of sinners. Proverbs 22. All right. So the book of Proverbs is a collection of, of short sayings that share wisdom about how followers of God should live. So Proverbs 22, we're going to jump around and look at different verses. So you have verses 1 and 2. It says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. And favor is better than silver or gold. The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. You go down to verse 8. It says, Whoever sows injustice will reap calamity, and the rod of its fury will fail. Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed, for he shares his bread with the poor. And then jump down to verse 22. Do not rob the poor because he is poor, or crush the afflicted at the gate. For the Lord will plead their cause and rob of life those who rob them. That doesn't sound like fun. So if God is the creator of, of everyone, whether it be rich or poor, popular or unpopular, powerful and not so powerful, it's safe to say God doesn't really play favorites because he created all these. And as, so as God's creation, we are all loved equally, no matter what. No matter what you bring to the table, whether you're rich or poor, popular or not, powerful or not, you're still loved by God, loved equally, no matter what. But it's clear God notices when certain people are more in need than other people. We might all be loved equally by God, but God knows we're not all given equal treatment by others or equal opportunities in this world, right? So God seems to understand our tendency is to show favoritism to people we already like or admire, right? We need to be reminded to care for people who aren't quite like us, maybe aren't as cool or or as popular as, as wealthy. Coming up in just a month, we're going to... Uh, San Antonio to, to work with refugees, people who aren't like us, who might not be powerful, may not have money. But we have a chance to show them who God is and what God has done in our lives. I encourage you guys to sign up and make a difference. So does God play favorites? No, but, but you and I do. God is just trying to teach us how to be more just and fair like he is. So can you see some similarities between the proverb and, and this advice we see in, in the book of James? James said playing, God's, or playing favorites broke the law of God, but this proverb helps us understand more about what that means. Because this passage helps us see that showing favoritism is, is injustice. And, injust, and injustice has dangerous consequences for us. If we play favorites by excluding, or we play favorites by harming other people, God will stand against us. And defend the people we've harmed. And that's pretty scary. Like I said, if you read the last verse we read there in Proverbs said that he will pretty much strike us down if we do those things to people. It's not really an exciting thing to happen. So what's the alternative? Instead of playing favorites, we can treat everybody like they're made by God. Because they are. I mean, just treat people like God made them. Treat people like they're loved by God. Be generous with everybody, but especially people who really need it. So can you imagine how your family, your friends, your school, or the world could be different if everyone treated each other this way? If we could learn how to have favorites without playing favorites, 
the change that would happen in this world would be radical. So do you want to see that radical change? Are you not sure what you think about Jesus? You know, quite yet, but you, you know you want to see more good and just less hate in this world. Then James tells us how to love like Jesus. He says radical people don't play favorites. But how do we do this? What does it mean to not play favorites in our friendships or at school, at church, or wherever we go? I think there's one thing we need to remember and a few questions we need to ask. Because it's, it's natural to, to want to show favoritism. Right? We like to be near people who think and who act and who look like us, right? I mean, that's, we like that kind of stuff. You think about your friend group, people you have in your friends. Do you look kind of the same? Do you live in the same part of town? Do you have the same friends, the same interests? Have similar kind of family? You know, we, we all kind of have our friend groups be people who are pretty similar to us. It's understandable that our favorite people are often people who are, who are pretty similar to us and are a lot like us. It's understandable that we would want to show favoritism to our favorite people because they're our favorites for a reason, right? But when we play favorites with our favorite people, we end up excluding and hurting a lot of other people who could stand to be loved, right? So we want to follow God's lead and choose not to play favorites. Here are a few questions you can ask yourself. Have I shown favoritism? Is it possible you've been playing favorites and you aren't even aware of it? Are you willing to get curious about the ways that you've done this? Or ask, ask yourself the question, who have I excluded? Have you been spending so much time with certain people that you rarely think about the people who could, you know, who would love to be included by you? You don't need to ditch your favorite friends, that's what I'm saying. But how might you be able to include somebody who feels like they're left out? Simple invite's pretty easy. Ask yourself the question, who have I hurt? Has anyone been harmed by your favoritism? Has playing favorites caused you to be hurtful or rude or unfair to somebody? What have I assumed? Because we all have biases. I don't care what you tell me. We all have biases. We tend to make assumptions about people we don't even know based on very little information. Maybe their clothes, their accent, their family, their skin color, interests, looks, whatever it may be. We all make biases. And then we choose to either ignore or exclude those people based on those biases and those assumptions. So who have you made assumptions about? And who can I include? Remember, when God chooses to love and to care for people who have been excluded, that's not favoritism. It's justice. So how can you make a wrong thing right by caring for somebody who isn't usually one of your favorites? Because it's easy to play favorites with people who are a lot like us. But I think we may have more in common than we realize. I need everybody to stand up real quick and go back there to that little open spot. Stand in the line facing me quickly. Please. Just get in one quick line. We'll go fast. When I say something that applies to you, all you have to do is just this right here. Take a step forward, maybe look and see who else is there, and take a step back. Got it? That's it. So, if it applies to you, step forward. I like pizza. All right, take a step back. I'm never on time. I'm never on time. So if you're always late, 
you step forward. If you're always late, step forward. All right, step back. I like coffee. I like coffee. All right. I like football. Just, it, I like football. It doesn't matter. Either way. All right. <clears throat> um, I enjoy playing video games. All right. Take a step back. Sometimes I feel lonely. All right. Step back. <clears throat> I've been bullied. All right. Step back. Hey, everybody, listen. Look at me and listen. I've bullied other people. I wish I had more close friends. All right. I am made by God. I am made by God. All right, one more. Step back one more time. I am loved by God. All right. Quietly return to your seats. You see, I mean, if you noticed, we, we have a lot more in common. Of course, those are some silly things. Some things are a little bit more serious than others. But we have things in common that other people may not quite realize. We talked a lot today about how Jesus calls us to treat each other, but maybe you need to hear a different message today. Rather than being the person that excludes or ignores others, maybe you're the one who feels like you're being excluded. Or maybe you feel like you're the one being ignored. If that's you, maybe you need to be reminded that God loves you and doesn't play favorites even when people do. So on days when you don't feel like anybody's favorite, know that you're God's favorite. If you had a fridge, your picture would be on it. It sounds silly and cheesy, but you're God's favorite. I'm God's favorite. You're deeply loved. You're deeply cared for and you're defended by your Creator. That's what Proverbs tells us, that you're defended by your Creator. Now, as Jesus followers, we're going to try to love you like that too. I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm going to do my best to love you the same kind of way that God loves you. Now, the radical love of Jesus leads you to do something radical for other people this week by noticing, by including, and caring for people, especially people who aren't usually your favorites. Because radical people don't play favorites. God, tonight, may we just see the importance of not playing favorites, God, of, of, of loving everybody and making sure everybody is included and feels like they're part of a group. They feel wanted. God, may we, um, may we see the importance of, of having that community. God, may maybe somebody tonight just feels like maybe they're the ones who always feel excluded and loved out. God, may they feel like they're loved, know that they're loved by you. And loved by others, God. And that, um, that you are, are their defender and you stand in the gap for them, God. I pray for this next little bit of time in our small groups. I pray they continue to see the importance uh, of being radical and not showing favoritism, God. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, so let's split up and do two groups.